my friends, is a talented rendition of the CBAs by Obi Leff on the Sing to Learn YouTube channel. And this is Stacy Julian with episode 66 of Exactly Enough Time. is a podcast about being present. It's about recognizing the time you have to enjoy the people, places, and things important to you. Did you know we can choose to be curious and playful, to live with intention, and to create connection? I am a life enthusiast and a believer. I tell stories, and I'm so grateful that you are here. Thank you for listening. C is just the way it is. That A is in the beginning and Z is in the end. But who made that up? Do you know anything about the history of our alphabet or at least the history of the organization of our alphabet? When you think about it, it doesn't really make sense. It's not arranged by vowels and consonants or similar sounds or how often the letters are used. So how did the order we know today come to be? There's really not an easy answer. No one woke up one morning and decided to put the letters in that order. The alphabet evolved slowly over a long period of time to become what is today our default. And then, you guys, there's the mystery of how letters came to be organized on our computer keyboards. Hello? I'll give you a hint. It has something to do with Morse code and telegraph operators. Go look it up. And here's just a bit of trivia. There is only one state whose name can be typed on one row of the keyboard. (gasps) Okay, I'll give it to you. Alaska. (laughs) All right, I want to talk to you about order and what happens when we take things out of order. I think sometimes because of those three words, let's put them in quotes, out of order, we, we think that that might not be a good idea, that it might be broken if it's out of order. And I know for sure we limit our creativity along with the possibilities that we have for putting things in different kinds of order and specifically for organizing stories. Okay, let's stay with the ABC thing for just a minute. I'm certain that you have seen an ABC book before. You've probably read one to a child or a grandchild, like the a- my ABC book of animals or something like that, right? But did you know that truly alphabetical order is a fantastic way to think about an experience or a time period? So I'm teaching a class online this year called 20 in 20. One of my students, Stephanie, works in the healthcare sector and she, in order to help herself process and tell, record, document 
her own COVID-19 story, she made a list, an ABC list. It's the ABCs of COVID-19 according to Stephanie. A, calls to action. B, borders close. C, COVID-19. D, death toll or dialysis unit where she works. E, economy. F, flatten the curve. G, stop the spread of germs. H, headlines in the news. I, isolation. J, find joy in ordinary moments. K, random acts of kindness all around. L, enjoy time indoors with loved ones. M, has to stand for masks. Stephanie says, I wear one 12 plus hours a day at work. N, novel, as in novel coronavirus. O, outbreak. P, pandemic. Q, quarantine. R, routine. S, social distancing. T, do you want to guess this one? (laughs) Toilet paper. U, unsettling. V, virus. W, wash your hands, please. X is for x-ray. Y is for youth. They're all out of school for the remainder of the year. Z stands for patient zero, which is defined as a person identified as the first to become infected or what we want, which is zero additional cases of COVID-19 worldwide. You guys, isn't that amazing? That's a phenomenal list. That's a fantastic way for Stephanie to begin to tell her experiences around this worldwide pandemic. Now, just so you know, Stephanie is a wife and a mother to three children. She is the medical clerk in the dialysis unit at her local hospital. Those that work in this unit see patients six days a week. Stephanie loves developing friendships with these patients. Gratefully, COVID-19 has not affected any of her her patients. She says, we have taken strict precautions in our unit to protect our patients' lives. Doing this exercise, this ABCs of COVID-19, has been the only recording I have done at this point. She goes on, it was very therapeutic to put some thoughts down on paper. I live with COVID-19 24-7 at work, home, TV, and social media. I know how dangerous it is to families and individuals, and honestly, it's scary and exhausting. When I reached out to Stephanie to see if I could share this ABC list with you, she thanked me for this assignment and for giving her the opportunity to put down on paper some words to get things out of her head. You guys, it's so important that we tell our stories. It's always an opportunity to process what we think and feel and what we experience. And we have the opportunity always to edit and adjust and revise our own personal narratives. I'm so proud of Stephanie for doing this, and I want to thank her for allowing me to share it. Okay, so a couple episodes back, episode 59 to be precise, I organized the reasons that I continue to scrapbook with letters. They weren't in alphabetical order, and that's because the letters that I chose spelled a word. The word was capture. This is, of course, an example of a mnemonic device, something that we use that helps us process, remember, retell, organize, 
and often present information. We love this idea of order. We crave it. I believe we crave it. But when it comes to documenting stories, that order doesn't have to be chronological. Chronological is definitely the default. At least that's what I've experienced in more than two decades of telling my own story and teaching others how to simplify the process of memory keeping. Chronology is time honored, but it's only one way to organize the content of a story or a scrapbook. As you've heard, you can organize ideas and stories and experiences like Stephanie has done in alphabetical order. So when I turned 40, my mom gave me such an amazing gift. It doesn't look amazing, honestly. It's just an inexpensive little photo album, the plastic kind that you pick up at Walmart. It truly doesn't look like much, but it is an absolute treasure. And do you know why? Because in it, she documented a list of 40 memories she and my dad have of me during my earliest years. Memories, not in chronological order or alphabetical order, but numerical order. My mom made a list and then she expounded on that list in her handwriting. (gasps) I'm going to share just two memories that my mom recorded for me. Number 32, she says, Your Uncle Glade came over frequently and he and dad teased you a lot. Not surprising, huh? One night, they convinced you that you would wake up the next morning as a cow and, in fact, made it sound so good to you that you could hardly wait to go to bed and get up the next morning. My mom says, I'm glad you weren't disappointed because I like you better as a girl. You guys, I totally remember this. I remember them making phone calls to the farmer and they asked me if I wanted to um, have vanilla or chocolate milk. I mean, it was crazy. This is one of my pretty specific memories that I have. I probably was about three or four years old. Okay, so another memory my mom recorded. She says (laughs) she remembers playing in the snow with me, making um, my first snow angel. And then she says, not long after that, you came one frosty cold day to me in the kitchen with your swimming suit on and you said you wanted to take a shower in the backyard which means you wanted to run through the sprinklers i told you it was too cold but you absolutely insisted i tried to explain again how cold it was and <laughs> that you didn't have much clothes on but to no avail so i finally gave up and i said okay we went outside we pulled the sprinkler out we turned it on You walked out, not hesitating, and sat down over the sprinkler. Then you walked calmly in and said, you were done. You thanked me and you got dressed. (laughs) We all have little memories like this that would be challenging, if not impossible, to put in precise time, right? Time-stamped order. But how fun is it to simply allow our brains to recall these memories and to write them and to share them or give them as amazing birthday gifts? Thanks, Mom. Did you know you can organize a scrapbook by color? 
A couple of years ago, my husband and I and Addie took a vacation right in the middle of winter to Hawaii. And do you know what one of the first things is I notice every single time I go to Hawaii? Color, the vibrant colors of Hawaii. So it was probably on about day two or three And I'm trying to get up close with my iPhone and take a beautiful photo of a hibiscus flower with a droplet of rain on one of one of the leaves. And I and it and it dawns on me, this is such a vibrant red flower. I I could take I could take pictures during this trip and I could organize them. I could group them. By colors and I could make a little scrapbook so that there would be a page of the things that we loved that were blue and a page of the things that we experienced and saw and I took pictures of that were green and I could I could make a whole page of the orange things and the red things and the and the and the lavender things and the white and the black and the brown things and that's exactly what I did I put it in one of my little story starter books in the story by Stacy Line. I love that little book about Hawaii. There are so many ways for you to organize your pictures and tell your stories. What if after you returned home from a vacation or some experience with traveling, and yes, we will travel again, <laughs> what if you decided to organize your photos according to the people and the places and the things that you experienced? What if you said, you know what, in a year or five years or more, it's not going to matter that we did certain things on certain days, right? We're going to forget that it was Tuesday when we went to the museum and it was Thursday when we were at the beach. What we're going to remember is all of these different experiences. What if we group them by people and by places and by things. I did that. I did that after I came home from an awesome trip to New Zealand. I actually put all of the pictures in these categories into little books that sit together on my shelf. So in the little people of New Zealand book, I have all of the people that I traveled with. This was a work trip. I have pictures of the people, some of the people that I taught classes to. I have pictures of the people that invited us to come and pictures of the people that entertained us and that we that we visited as we learned about this country. I have pictures of each of the hosts, my husband and I uh, stayed in bed and breakfasts and we met some wonderful people, native Kiwis. All of those people are in my little people book. In my places book, I have pictures of Mount Ruapihu. I have pictures of the gorgeous geothermal landscapes and the mud pots. I have pictures of the countryside dotted with sheep. I have pictures of cities and beaches and markets, and I think you get the idea. In my little things book, I have pictures of the food we ate and some of the gifts I bought. I have pictures of seashells and kind of just flora and fauna. I have pictures of a cool museum where um, someone had collected hundreds of old-fashioned cars. I just think it's such a fun way to revisit an experience rather than going day by day, which is expected and which is totally fine. 
but can lead to high expectations and a tendency to want everything to be perfect, <laughs> which is kind of overwhelming, right? Why not more often allow yourself the opportunity to look back on things in these general categories of people, places, and things? It's fun and it creates conversation and interest and lots of connection. And our brains love connection. It's connection that creates the opportunity for us to see similarities and contrasts. And ultimately, what emerges are stories. So when you allow yourself to look at things, quote unquote, out of order or in a new way, a couple of really cool things happen. Your brain is automatically awakened and engaged in seeking new patterns, new categories. I love that. Our brains are pattern-seeking devices. Really amazing. They love to categorize things. As stories through these connections emerge, the thousands of photos become not so much discrete moments, requiring organization, like chronology, these photos become countless possible illustrations that we could use to add color and validity to our experiences. Dude, okay, did I just say that? That sounded super smart. (laughs) So let's add some color and validity to our experiences. So the reason I'm spending some time talking about this today this week, I should say, is because National Tell a Story Day is every year on April 27th. And National Scrapbook Day is always the first Saturday in May. Okay, it's a perfect time (laughs) to talk about your stories and your thoughts and the details and facts that surround what we experience as life unfolds. Okay, I want to invite you to RSVP for a fun event this weekend. It's going to be hosted over on the Close to My Heart Facebook page. It's a super long 12-hour event. I think 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. But I get to teach a class towards the end of this event in the evening. It's going to be at 6.45 p.m. Mountain Time. I live in Pacific Time, so for me, it's 5.45 p.m. I have to say that out loud or I might forget, right? But this is the opportunity that I want you to take advantage of. I am going to teach, this is a free event, I'm going to teach a one-hour class on how to access our stories. And I've talked about this before, but how to unpack this, the personal and very specific sensory details that help us tell stories that we really want to remember, stories that are compelling. Um, I'm going to help you specifically during this very upside down time of, of pandemic, I'm going to help you tell your COVID-19 story. And all you really have to do is show up <laughs> on the Facebook page on Saturday evening. I do have on my blog at stacyjulian.com. look for the post that's titled My COVID-19 Story. I have a PDF that you can download. I have given you 15 questions to ask yourself, to think about, and to begin to jot some details down around. I have found that, um, that stories 
easily emerge as we ask ourselves the right questions. So I invite you to take advantage of one or both of those opportunities, those resources. You know, I was making an outline for this episode um, in the notes app on my phone and I had this thought. Why is it that I do all of this? <laughs> Why is it that I blog and I love to teach and I'm producing a weekly podcast? What is the purpose? What's the goal? And I decided to just make a list <laughs> in numerical order. Number one, this is it, you guys. I want to encourage anyone and everyone who listens to be present, to more easily recognize the story that you're creating and living right now, today, to watch it all unfold, the good times and the difficult times, with wonder and curiosity and gratitude. That's it, that's number one, be present. Number two, we all keep memories, but if you're not yet a memory keeper, I want you to consider how natural it is to want to document your life, to leave some record right? Of who you are and where you've been and what you've experienced. And I want to inspire you to do this in doable ways. That's number two, inspiration and ideas. Now, number three, if you are a memory keeper or a scrapbooker, or you have been one in the past, I want you to feel encouraged in the direction of telling more stories, letting go of assumed methods that don't serve you or don't serve you anymore. I want to give you permission to be playful in pulling together the bits and pieces that you want to remember and share. So number three is all about continuing to do what you do, but to do it in the direction of more storytelling. You guys, I truly do love what I do. I love that I can create this podcast for you and that you continue to listen and that you share it with your friends. Thank you so very much. Happy National Tell a Story Day, (laughs) National, International, I should say, Scrapbooking Day. We're right in the middle of these fantastic days that recognize so much of what I love to do. And I'm going to keep right on doing it. Okay, before I sign off, here's a speak pipe message from Kathy. Hi, Stacey. It's Kathy McDonough from Darwin, Australia. I'm a Close to My Heart consultant. I've seen you here live twice and really found you very inspirational. And I love your podcast. It gives me lots of motivation and makes me think about things differently, which is great. And that's what I particularly love about your story by Stacey Line that journaling has always been so important to me and it's what got me into scrapbooking. I really wanted to get people to tell the stories behind their photos. I want to tell the stories behind my photos. And I love that you give us permission to do that in a different way. Thank you. Kathy, thank you. I get giddy when I think about the fact that I have friends down under. (laughs) I love that I have had opportunities to travel and to teach and to share. Okay, listen, you are the person that is most qualified to tell your story and there are so many ways to do it. Fun, inviting, colorful, out of order ways. You can probably guess what I'm going to say next. You have exactly enough time. 